In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with your 266th episode of the Bold Tie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Big week here, mandatory minicamp. We're going to title this episode, Five Reasons Why Julio Jones is a Titan, a review of the Julio Jones trade. So we got we're gonna go over the trade, break that down. We're gonna hear from Coach Arthur Smith on uh, the wide receiver group, the leftovers of the wide receiver group, the offensive line. We'll discuss the quarterbacks and we'll hear his um, view on players that he never coached. Yes, he did. He made some headlines today. Uh, with a statement at the end of a, a comment asking about how they were going to make it without Julio Jones. It's all over the internet, and we'll play it for you here in the 266th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Let's review the trade. Uh, Sunday morning, the Falcons uh, they started working on it on Saturday Consummated the deal on Sunday. There's no reason to, to keep waiting around. The market was set. You know, there might have been some people in the organization might have been hopeful that Julio Jones would return more than a second-round pick in 2022 and a fourth-round pick in 2023 for Julio Jones and a sixth-round pick in 2023. That's what went to the Tennessee Titans, the actual trade. So, in this episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we told you what we're going to hear from from Coach Smith. We also gave you the trade info. We're going to look at the five reasons why Julio Jones is a Titan. Uh, Jimmy Wyatt from Tennessee, uh, from the Titans, just tweeted out that Julio Jones is going to wear number two. How about that? He's going to wear Matt Ryan's number for the Titans. All the pitchers had an eight, but he's going to go with number two. I knew he wore eight at Alabama. We'll be interested to see where this two comes from. Uh, so then we're going to look at some of the other trade trades for wide receivers lately. And then Julio didn't do any uh, real interviews during this process uh, other than his uh, uh, pick up the phone call from Shannon Sharp. Uh, did release a statement through the Titans today, and so we'll read that uh, for you all uh, also. And uh, then we'll close with the uh, audio from Arthur Smith on the players that he's never coached before. But with Julio gone, you know, we've been breaking down the wide receiver group, but then it occurred to me, hey, I haven't seen Calvin Ridley. Sounds like he's rehabbing from something. Uh, he's in a phase of the offseason. Uh, we need to be more direct and find out what what the situation is with Calvin. But here is Arthur Smith on the wide receiver group without Julio Jones 
in uh, what the offseason means to the offensive lineman. On a question, a couple questions from Michael Cunningham of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. What is your, uh, excuse me, what is your assessment of the, of the receiver group as it stands now? Well, like, like with all these spots, you know, you, I, I don't put too much thought in the spring, whether this was year one or the old uh, OTAs in the past, like I think I've gone on record earlier. You know, you can get a lot of uh, false narratives by evaluating just spring. It's just part of the process, the morning phase. Really, until we play, you know, real football in the preseason or, or have some real practices, yeah, I can give you a better evaluation. Same holds true with the offensive line group, which could yeah, be a special question. Absolutely, Michael, especially with the big guys. I mean, we're not bad. Like I said, we're trying to put our schemes in, trying to be smart, being creative, and as we're trying to develop and get these guys used to communicate, and that is a big factor. But to get an evaluation in the spring, everybody's got their own flavor, but for us as a staff, we're, we're trying to be realistic and understanding what the objective is. All right, that's it. He's not going to go for the old uh, flowery branch um, uh, deal. You know, he knows uh, they're not really really seeing a lot of real football uh, in the offseason. They're just trying to teach and so forth. So he's not ready to say what his wide receiver group looks like. And, um, you know, I've talked about the Lauren Robinson deal uh, quite a bit from time to time, how he looked like Jerry Rice out there in the springtime. But when they put the pads on, it all kind of changed. So, coaches uh, of that same uh, philosophy here. So now let's say uh, Julio Jones is gone. Uh, it was um, one of the most bizarre things because, you know, Julio didn't want to talk about it uh, publicly, you know, kind of keeping his image up uh, as best he could. But, I mean, there were some problems here, though, dating back before the. Um, 2019 renegotiation. Only thing I could come to is the loss in Philly. Uh, Matt Ryan's contract right after that. Then all of a sudden, we know Julio's not happy about his contract. And then it takes him a little bit over a year to come up with, you know, $25 million. Uh, and that wasn't enough. And then, uh, you know, they started losing. Uh, Julio speaks up for Dan Quinn at the one and seven mark. I mean, he should have did that a little earlier. And then um, don't put too much stock into that. He was mad that Dan Quinn got fired. Um, you know, they they did have a special relationship, but it might have been frayed there at the end. And uh, you know, the new folks uh, came in, and uh, you know, and they uh, you know, at that point. You know, something didn't click. Julio might have been already gone by that point. But, um, yeah, let's look at these five reasons why. I know that's a lot to unpack right there in these five reasons why, but I wrote them down so I could go go through them. Okay, what's on the record is where we're going to stay. Uh, Jones is wanted to win. Julio wanted to win. Uh, there hasn't been any talk about renegotiation or any money. He said he wanted to leave here because he wants to win. So he didn't think the Falcons were setting up to win. Um, so Tennessee was in the AFC Championship game two years ago in the playoffs last year. Got shut down when uh, Der the Ravens ganged up on Derrick Henry. And they didn't have anybody like Julio out there to beat the defense. I don't know if Tannehill will get on the ball, but he wants to win. 
And now people believe the uh, Titans or Super Bowl contenders went from 40 to 1 to 25 to 1 with the trade. Two, the Falcons bent over backwards to appease him. They made his contract the top wide receiver contract in the league. Then when, you know, as it always happens, somebody passes you, um, they wanted to go back in and re renegotiate it. All throughout, looks like the Falcons did uh, were negotiating and working in good faith to make their player a Falcon for life. Uh, and in the end, that wasn't enough. Even uh, up until the trade where they tried to quietly trade him, uh, uh, you know, they were bending over backwards to appease Jones. So that's number two. Now, number three, this was, um, we learned this, the new coaching staff felt that the players were coddled, that some people practiced, some people didn't. Uh, Julio Jones was one of uh, the people, you know, because of the injuries to his foot and hamstring. Uh, and they're not tolerating that, you know, they want you on the field if you can practice. So it wasn't no over 30 club, you know, you're not going to be getting any rest or a uh, day off. And, you know, so there's some sense of entitlement uh, that they want to get rid of moving forward. So, um, you know, kind of, you can just say, hey, they want to get rid of the brotherhood. And uh, some of the remnants of the Mike Smith era when he, um, you know, the Tony Gonzalez rule where he pretty much didn't get to go to have to go to training camp that last year. And, and then, you know, later on, some other players. Uh, it worked, though, for, for Michael Peterson. He, he got to extend his career. Uh, the over 30 club worked for him. Uh, you know, McClure, I'm sure it worked for him. He probably could have went a little bit longer. Uh, Roddy uh, probably should have been getting more time off with that high ankle sprain. Uh, but, you know, so that didn't end well with the Shanahan crew when he came in. But, you know, and then Julio's 32 and would have been up for more um, more uh, 30 club treatment under the old Falcon regimes. It went over two regimes, so you can't blame Quinn or or Smitty. Smitty kind of started it. Quinn kind of inherited it. But, you know, new regime doesn't want any parts of that. And then also, the uh, next, so we got Jones wanting to win. Falcons been over backwards. Practice. Uh, and then the new regime. And then finally, I'm thinking <clears throat> Roddy White taught Julio Jones the ropes here in Atlanta. And I'm pretty sure um, Julio was not um, happy with how things ended here with Roddy. Uh, you know, they uh, cut him in the summer. Uh, I was at Auburn's Pro Day when I got the news and started calling Roddy and, and so forth. I think he was out of the country uh, when they cut him. Uh, and, and Jones probably was like, well, hey, you know, these new guys coming here talking tough. I don't want to get cut too. Because, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't practice. I need to, you know, save me for the games and so forth. So that's where we're at here uh, after the trade. Uh, you know, because nobody's come out and, you know, just started slinging mud at each other. Other than, you know, Julio saying I'm out of there. He didn't say exactly why. He said he wants to win. So you can infer that he doesn't think the Falcons are going to win. He did get to go to a team that's a winner. So they have even obliged him at that turn. So you got to give him credit for that. Uh, the practice stuff is real. You don't That doesn't get better as you get older. But, you know, if managed properly, maybe he can go two more years. 
And the newer gene wants to set their own foundation and move in a different direction. So, good for them. And, uh, you know, you know when you take over a new team, you want to have as many good players as you can. Uh, but if they don't want to be on the ship, then you don't, you know, let them go. And I'm pretty sure uh, after the Shannon Sharp interview, it was going to be real tough for Roddy White to go, um, excuse me, for Julio Jones to go back in the locker room. Okay, before we get on to Arthur Smith on the quarterbacks, I mean, I was under whim. I thought two and a three, that's what I was hearing. Uh, but they couldn't even get that. So all they can get is a two and a four and had to give up a pick. But when you look at the recent wide receiver trades, uh, that's about right. Julio Jones went for second and some change. DeAndre Hopkins was second and, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, they sent David uh, Johnson back, but second and uh, some change. Muhammad Sanu to New England for a second. Uh, the one person who kept getting ones was uh, Brendan Cooks. Got traded three times, twice for a one and once for a two. So that's the big-time wide receiver market. Hopkins and Julio are in a different level than Sanu and Cooks, but you see what the market has been for wide receivers in the National Football League. Let's go now to... Arthur Smith talking, uh, discussing, working with Matt Ryan, why he was attracted to A.J. McCarron, and the steep hill that Felipe Franks is trying to climb as an undrafted quarterback trying to make it in the National Football League. Uh, it's been a great experience so far. I mean, obviously I had a lot of respect for, for Matt Ryan. Uh, I never had to work with him, but obviously what he's accomplished and sustained at a high level for a long time. And so, it's like every player, they're constantly trying to earn their job and, and understand and, and improve. And Matt's made of the right stuff. Uh, but that relationship as a play caller and a quarterback, Scott, that's really important to me. Uh, no different than it was. I don't compare him to Ryan Tannehill, but that relationship with Ryan was really important. So, the relationship with Matt is, is super important for me. If you're going to be the play caller and quarterback, you got to be on the same. That's just my philosophical approach. got to be on the same page. Arthur, I just wanted to ask you, what sort of drew you to A.J. McCarron, and what do you need to see from him, you know, here in the mandatory minicamp, and then obviously once you put pads on? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, watching A.J., we, uh, you know, he played against us in the uh, Week 17 game in the 19th season. Um, obviously, having T.J. here, T.J. worked with him in Houston, so that's valuable information when guys on your staff have worked, because there's always an unknown when you bring free agents in here. And you talk to people, you work out, but it's nice when you have somebody that's on your staff that's actually worked with a player before. Uh, but I like what AJ's done so far. He's been around, he's had played in games, been successful, and uh, it's a good opportunity for him. And, and with regards to Felipe, just, I mean, how much do you want to give him? Or you want to, how, how do you balance, I guess, overwhelming him and but giving him what he needs so he can go out there and actually execute what you want to execute? Sure. I mean, you're evaluating that every day. Uh, you know, we're going to be very demanding of that position. It helps when he's he's around somebody like Matt and watches how Matt works and how Matt operates. That's a really important part of somebody's growth and development. It helps when you have veterans that uh, can play at a high level and, and watch them operate. What made, what's made them successful and continue to make them successful. So that certainly helps. But Felipe's done a nice job what we've thrown at him. But you're up here evaluating that. You know, at some point, is it is it too much? You know, they're coming from very different systems. That's no knock on anything 
college football is just the way we're operating and harassing quarterback. All right. That was Arthur Smith on the quarterbacks. All three got all of them in there. Uh, looking forward to working with Matt Ryan. Even uh, invoke the name of Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee's quarterback. So uh, let's move over here. We got another little item for you. It's on Titans. Um, stationary on their Titan Up, signed by Julio Jones. Uh, his statement, he, he reads, uh, I'll read it. Thank you, ATL, for all the love you've shown me over the years. It's been amazing 10 years playing for the city and all the fans. I appreciate everything you've done for me over the years and will never forget my time as an Atlanta Falcon. Excited for the next part of my journey here in Nashville. To the fans, I want to thank you all for the warm welcome for me and my family. We are very excited to be part of the Titans family. Ready to go to work. Signed, JJ uh, Julio Jones on the Titan Up Stationery. So that was y'all's thank you. We didn't get to interview him before. Um... And uh, that's the first thing, you know, that's not Shannon Sharp, uh, allegedly from Julio Jones. So I'm, it's from the Titans, so I'm not going to allege this. It's a statement from the team with his thank you to Atlanta. Let's leave it there. And uh, we're going get, to get ready to wrap up here. We got a uh, mandatory minicamp again in the morning. And so we're going to um, close with the news of, of the day. Uh Jeff Schultz of the Athletic was asking uh, Coach Arthur, you know, what, how are they going to basically uh, get along without Julio Jones? And, you know, what are the plans for the offense now that he doesn't have Julio Jones or or, or Derrick Henry at that point? But um, let's go ahead and play it. Uh, Arthur Joe, Arthur Smith. More on the Julio Jones trade and how the Falcons are going to get by without the seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. I mean, first off, you know, like you said earlier, you know, we got a lot of respect and appreciate what he did here. Uh, wish him well in Tennessee, but my really main concern is our roster getting us ready to go for this fall. So, um, as for any player, you got to have contingency plans. You know, where, where your depth chart, where your swing tackle. So you're constantly looking at the roster, and, and you have a plan of what you think it look like. But like we always, all of us know in here, there's 100% injury rate in the NFL, and you've got to be able to adapt. So we're constantly evaluating the personnel groupings we got out there, and there should be good competition and really great opportunities for every guy out there on this roster. Obviously, I know we're only in mini camp. We're not even tra in training camp right now. But how confident are you in terms of um, the offense? You know, being able to be productive in, in 2021. Without, without him, basically. Jeff, I, my concern is the guys we got on this roster. I've uh, dealt with a lot of different uh, situations week to week. And in my experience in Tennessee, it doesn't matter if they're going to roll the ball out there or we're going to kick off or it's going to be a game to play. Our objective is go win. Uh, you know, no different than when you're dealing with the COVID issue last year in Buffalo. Like, we had four wideouts up that game. My job as a coach is to get prepared to play, and we'll, we'll do whatever we have to do to win that game. So that's kind of how I look at it. And I don't worry about players that never coach, Jeff. So. 
Yeah, that was it. And I don't worry about players. I never coached. So, there was uh, Arthur Smith breaking it down on how they're going to just make it without Julio Jones. How are you going to make it work um, without Julio Jones? So, we're going to wrap up this episode. Five reasons why Julio Jones is a Titan. A review of the Julio Jones trade. We went over the trade, the actual picks. We heard from Coach on the quarterbacks. Uh, we heard from Coach. Uh, I didn't go in that order. We heard from Coach on the wide receivers left on the roster and the offensive line, the quarterbacks, and then the Julio Jones uh, uh, statement. Why? We went over the five reasons why. We looked at the recent wide receiver trades to help put this trade in context. Uh, that, you know, the market value wasn't, um, you know, some people didn't think it was there, but it's right in line with the recent uh, wide receiver trades. We read the Julio Jones statement from the Titans, let you know he's wearing number two, and then closed with Arthur Smith to saying he's going to worry about, he's not going to worry about the players that he never coached um, here in Atlanta. So with that, we're going to get on out of here from the 266th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Just check AJC.com. Wednesday, we'll be uh, tweeting live from the Mandatory Minimum Camp. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, had, a, uh, <clears throat> had, to, take, had to miss today's uh, live action for a family matter, medical matter. But we'll be back out there in the morning on the hill with my new Bushnell binoculars, taking attendance, getting my depth chart together, and so forth, and tweeting out live for you guys. We appreciate you all for listening. We appreciate the folks who follow us on Twitter, at AJC, and we appreciate you when you come by our Facebook page, Atlanta Falcons News Now. So with that, we're going to get on out of here. We're going to uh, go watch some Hawks basketball game two. See what they do tonight. See if they can uh, stand up to the Clippers after nearly folding in game one. But take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.